You are listening to Dear Texas Radio, a program of Dear Texas Read and sponsored by Texas Authors Incorporated. If you would like to ask today's guest author a question, please do so on Twitter using the hashtag DearTexasRadio. However, not all questions will be answered during the show. Now sit back and enjoy listening to today's show and learn about a Texas author and their books. This is Charlotte Canyon, your host, author of You Have to Laugh to Keep from Crying, How to Parent Your Parents. And we will be speaking with Alan Elliott this evening, and I look forward to this. He's the author, and I'm only going to give you the name of a couple of them, Willie the Texas Longhorn, American Dream, The Presidential Elephants, The History of Goth, Angels Love Donuts, and there's many, many more. Alan, how are you doing? I'm doing great today. How are you doing, Charlotte? I am doing well. Tell us a little bit about your uh, background in your family and and, uh, just a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up. I grew up in Dallas. Uh, went to Dallas schools, and then uh, on to Dallas Baptist College and Southern Methodist University. So I uh, basically have stayed around Dallas almost all my life, uh, and uh, really started writing while I was in uh, while I was in high school. I, I had some great English teachers, and that's what sort of got me kick started in writing. So, have you been writing most of your life? Yes, you know, off and on. Um, I, I didn't. I actually got my first book published while I was uh, uh, in graduate school, maybe 25 years old, something like that. Oh, that is super. That's super. Well, tell us a little bit about your first book. Well, the first book is a children's book called On Sunday the Wind Came. And um, my wife taught second grade, and so I had a lot of children's books around me. I really enjoyed them. And so uh, I actually got started writing uh, articles for magazines, but I wanted to try my hand at writing other kinds of stories. So I worked on a number of children's book stories and sent one in, and sure enough, they liked it. And uh, it takes about a year to get published, uh, get it published, but it came out uh, in 1980, uh, which is a long time ago. But uh, uh, it's uh, it was my first book, and and uh, still love it. You can still it's still in print. It's actually now in English and Spanish. It's a bilingual uh, book now. Oh, that is, that's exciting. That's exciting. So you've written articles for magazines as well. Did you, were they story form or were you, uh, you know, were they No, literary? they were, they were er, yeah, or early on they were, they were nonfiction things. Uh, uh, I was uh, in a, in, in a scientific uh, uh uh, course of study, so it was, it, and it was an era where computers were just coming out. So a lot of them had to do with sort of early computer concepts and how to do things on the computer, things like that. Okay, so they were more textual. Did, have you written more, any textbook or? Yeah, I, I, actually, uh, that sort of moved into where uh, some years later I actually wrote a textbook that was used for a number of years, a sort of a introduction to microcomputing kind of textbook that covered early versions of how to use Word and Excel and things like that. That was a long time ago, too. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. But there's a lot of authors listening to this that will 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 definitely recognize where it's at. Okay, well, tell us what one of your, let's just say, I'm sure you love all of your books, but tell us a little bit about your one of your favorites. I'm sure you've got more than one that's your favorite. Well, Probably the one that uh, that is my favorite right now 
is a is another children's book called Willie the Texas Longhorn. It's uh sort it's a Texas twist on the on the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer story because it instead of a reindeer it it stars a, a longhorn, and uh, it's all about how Willie thinks that if a reindeer can fly well, then a longhorn ought to be able to do it too. And of course, as all of his friends said, give up your highfalutin ways. You can't do that. But he writes a letter to Santa, and sure enough, one foggy night, Santa needs some help flying around Texas. So the elves paint his horns bright blue, neon blue, and they're bright enough to help Santa fly around uh, Texas and deliver deliver gifts. So that's sort of the story of Willie the Texas Longhorn. Now, you sound like some of your stories are ones you would read directly to kids. Do you have experience yeah. in reading the kids and get, tell us a few some of those yeah it's it's fun to read to kids uh i've, I've uh, uh not too long ago uh, the the uh, dallas uh, uh main library downtown i think yearly they have several events where uh, children's book authors can come and and children are there and you get to read to them and you get to do silly things with them and that's always a lot of fun and kids are are so uh open to uh to hearing stories and and uh, doing things with you, you know, making making funny noises and funny faces and things like that. That it's it's always just a lot of fun to to read your story to them and and have them react to it. You told me something early on. Uh, what is it your wife says you are? Oh, well, you asked me about about what kind of person I am, and I said sometimes she she says I'm a party waiting to happen. A party waiting to happen. So kids would love that. <laughs> Kids definitely would love that. Kids well, definitely like parties. Yeah. Well, have you ever dressed up as different characters? No, I never have. I, I haven't ever done that. I guess I'm funny looking enough to to uh, to just go on my own. <laughs> well, you've got one that's kind of got me intrigued here. The presidential elephants. What no, is that actually, there there are actually a couple of authors out there with my name, so that's not one of them. That's not oh, one that's of my not books, one but of yours. Uh, well, it's it ended no, up. No, but it yours. sounds interesting. It does yep. sound interesting. Well, tell us about. Uh, I mean, is Angels? Is Angels Love Donuts is actually a movie that uh, was uh, done by uh, that I co-wrote, co- co-authored with uh, Leon McWhorter, and uh, he and I had worked with uh, a drama group here in Dallas for over ten years and done a number of plays and had written some plays. And this particular one uh, sort of caught the eye of some Holly, uh, Hollywood producer, and, and uh, he encouraged us to, to uh, rewrite it in a, in a movie format, which we did, and then we produced it as an independent movie. And uh, we, we felt really good about it. it uh, it's, a, it's an inspirational family comedy, and it got uh, won four out of five uh, Dove Award Doves from the Dove Foundation, and was on Netflix for a while and and still appears occasionally on on television. So we 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 were really pleased. That was a that was a really uh, uh, nice and uh, exciting kind of time. And we it was all it's all Dallas talent uh, doing it. So it it was really a local a local effort. Oh, that is, sounds intriguing. So have you actually made a living uh, as an author most of your life? I've been a teacher most of my life. Uh, so, you, you know, you, you look at books and, and you might think you make a whole lot of money out of them. But, you know, if, <laughs> if you're one of those few authors that, that uh, hits the big time, you can. But most authors do it for the love of writing and, you know, you make a little bit. But uh, uh, most mostly it's just people who 
they got to write, and so they they write books, and and uh, I guess that's what I've been doing for quite a number of years. Well, how many books have you written all total? I think I think around twenty five. It sort of depends on how you count them because some of them are second editions and and uh, you know slight slight variations on the books, but about twenty five. About twenty five. Well, what was one of the hardest ones that you wrote? Well, uh, there there were two books that I wrote. I'll, I'll talk about one of them called Texas Ingenuity, uh, which took me several years to write. It's it's basically and it's currently out. It's one of my uh, latest books, actually. But it's all about uh, Texans, uh, who innovative Texans, and things that were invented in Texas. So it's sort of a little bit of a Texas history. It starts with Sam Houston, uh, but it goes through quite a number of other uh, things in Texas, like uh, how was the Dr. Pepper invented, liquid paper, uh, the computer chip, frozen margaritas, uh, fajitas, even the hamburger and onion rings were invented in, in Texas. And you know things like Hilton Hotels got started in Texas. Most people don't know that. They probably know that Seven Eleven did, but uh, lots of lots of interesting people and lots of uh, things that happened. That uh, the the purpose of the book, it, the reason it's called Texas Ingenuity, is I tried to pick out inventions and inventors that changed the world. And obviously, things like the computer chip changed the world because everything we use, the cell phone I'm I'm talking on right now is. I wouldn't be here without the computer chip, and of course that was done through TI uh, and and just many many other things that were created, or e- even music uh, you know, that was created in uh, in Texas. Some of the uh, of our musicians, like Willie Nelson and stuff, has affected uh, music all over the world. So uh, Van Cliburn, all the the entire spectrum of music uh, uh, and and uh, football, Tom Landry, just just uh, you name it. And there is uh, some Texas ingenuity. Uh, involved in in the creation or the promotion or the or some new aspect of of almost everything in the world. So, if someone was really interested in Texas trivia, you've got it cornered. It is is it's full of a lot of Texas trivia. That's for sure. Well, what I was, was looking one of the at, most? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was I was going to say I was looking at at my index just a few minutes ago to sort of see what see remember what I had there, and I was surprised it's about fifteen pages long listing all the various uh, interesting things in here. Just looking at it, you got things like Chet Atkins and Sir David Attenborough, uh, uh, Austin City Limits, Moses Austin, uh, Gene Autry. I mean, they just people after people and thing after thing that uh, that was related in Texas. And so there's stories about them. How was chili invented? You know, that's a, a very interesting story. So chili came from Texas, not Mexico? Well, the chili we know comes from Texas. I mean, there's always been sort of a beef stew around there. But the chili that we know was really created on on the cattle drive. And it was created, you know, history believes that it was created uh, by probably by the the cooks on on cattle drives who basically had to use what they what was available to them to to fix up something that the, that the, uh, the cowboys would eat. And of course, they had meat, and they had, uh, particularly down uh, the ones that were had started around San Antonio that era. They had, they had the chili peppers and and things like that, and they learned to blend it all together and use the meat that they had to make something that uh, that the cowboys liked. And it was really it was chili, and uh, it, it got started in San Antonio. They had, they used to have something in San Antonio called the Chili Queens, and it was set up downtown. It was just a big plaza, and you'd have twenty or thirty 
chili is almost like a chili cook-off. You'd have people cooking mm-hmm. chili, and people from all over would come and 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 uh, get the chili, and it was a big, almost fiesta kind of atmosphere. And that's really where chili got started. Well, that sounds interesting. Well, Alan, if you'll just hang on and all of our listeners will hang on, we'll be right back with Alan Elliott and hear more about his exciting books. Howdy, I'm John Cruder, the Midnight Marauder. I guess you might say that I'm a vigilante who writes the wrongs I see along my many travels to balance the scales of justice especially those of the corrupt and murderous members of the town council of Bandera, Texas. You can follow my many adventures in a series of Midnight Marauder books written by Roy Clinton on Amazon.com and TopWesterns.com. Or, if you prefer, listen to my adventures in audiobook form by downloading them from Audible.com or iTunes. This is R. William James, the voice of the Midnight Marauder. A new online bookstore, IndieLector.store, is unlike any other. IndieLector.store offers great prices from top indie authors and supports authors at the same time by paying them more for their books. IndieLector.store has a reader's club that gives you free books and special deals. Watch the IndieLector.store continue to grow before it opens in the fall of 2019 at IndieLector.store. Remembrances from the Heart is a compilation book of heartfelt eulogies and poems that honor the deceased and comfort the living. Beautifully illustrated and spiritually written by Christian author Vicki Valen Johnson, who has created an artistry of words that will be healing for those suffering and inspiring to those listening, offering a sensitive message behind each passage. This cherished table book is available worldwide or at a Christian bookstore near you. For more information, please visit RememberancesFromTheHeart.com. Do you love to read great new ebooks? Visit EBG247.com. Be the first to discover the next bestseller. At EBG247, we have the web's largest selection of great new book reads, from that amazing new fiction or nonfiction to horror, romance, and fantasy. We even have today's best children's books. That's EBG247.com. New books arrive daily, and all ebooks start at just 99 cents. If you love to read, then you'll love EBG247. Com. Low prices, large selection, and an easy-to-use website. It's all only at EBG247.com. Headlines. Cryptocurrency vultures are circling around failing governments. Darknet predators are rushing to market with their newest digital product. They promise economic salvation, even as they coupon clips straight from your digital wallet. The newest techno-thriller installment from Breakfield and Berkey, The Enigma Source. Book 10 of the Enigma series continues the combat of cyber good guys versus cyber thugs set in today's digital landscape. You are listening to Dear Texas Radio, a program of Dear Texas Read and sponsored by Texas Authors Incorporated. If you would like to ask today's guest author a question, please do so on Twitter using the hashtag DearTexasRadio. However, not all questions will be answered during the show. 
Now sit back and enjoy listening to today's show and learn about a Texas author and their books. This is Charlotte Canyon, and we have the pleasure of speaking with Alan Elliott, and he's the author of many wonderful books, and a lot of them are children books. Alan, I wanted to ask you a question. You grew up in, in I guess, the Dallas area, and I'm sure you went out to the state fair. Did you ever use oh, yeah. anything from the state fair in your books or characters that you met out there or can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it's not a children's book, but I actually uh, recorded um, a, a, a song called The Legend of Big Tex that sort of tells a fictitious history of Big Tex, a little bit like a, uh, you know, he's a larger, he's obviously a larger in life kind of character, but he, he exemplifies, you know, the kind of uh, Texas that we all want, the friendly, uh, how do y'all kind of, kind of thing. And so, uh, actually, a, a friend of mine with the Light Crust Doughboys uh, helped me uh, put together and record a song, sort of like a it's, a, it's like a Bob Wills song. Uh, so that was uh, that was a lot of fun to do, and uh, it's it's uh, it's out there on YouTube. It's got more than fifty thousand hits. So uh, uh, every every year when uh, when the state fair comes around, uh, it sort of gets a bump of people listening to it, and it's been on some of the local radios also around around the state fair. Well, if you wrote the music, could you hum a few bars? <laughs> well, the legend of Big Tex, they say that it is so. He was born in the hearts of men who, who fought at the Alamo. Those great men and women who nations came to know are a part of the legend that grows and grows and grows. Don, I have to go out there and let you said it's on YouTube. Huh? <laughs> it is just yeah, just do a just do a search of the legend of Big Tex and it'll be out. Now, there. th- there's a history of when Big Tex started. When did that Yes, uh, in, in fact, uh, Jack Bridges, who's an artist here in Dallas uh, from many years ago, he worked with the then mayor uh, Thornton. Uh, they there were, there's actually a very large Santa Claus in Kearns, Texas, that was built to sort of uh, help with their Christmas shopping season and to attract people. And so, uh, uh, Mayor Thornton and, and Jack Bridges saw this guy out there and said, "Hey, that's a that's an interesting guy." This was about 1950 or 51, and so uh, Jack had the idea. Well, let's turn that into a Texas guy and put it out the state fair. And so in 1952, he remodeled that uh, that Santa Claus and made it into what we now know as Big Tex. Wow! And so he he installed it in 1950. It was only meant to be there for a year or two. And uh, so they were going to take it. They were they weren't going to put it up uh, after a few years. But there was a campaign in Texas with uh, uh, elementary school students who chipped in pennies and and uh, raised a bunch of money to to make to see if Big Tech could be come back to to the fair. And of course, it came back, and now it's been there for many many years, sixty many, over sixty years. Be, yeah, and he caught on fire. What a year or two ago. Yeah. That was not. Now, unfortunately, was not. well, I, I don't fortunately, but uh, Jack Bridges put it up every year, uh, almost until uh, until the year he died in about 2000. So that occurred some years after he died. Uh, so he's not not around, not with us anymore. Wasn't but, he the uh, voice? He, was he the voice? No, he wasn't the voice. Uh, but oh, okay. uh, he he certainly he was the artist who uh, who created it. And uh, his his I've talked to a number of his family members. They remember. You know the head, the big text in 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 a in a big uh, building, and the boots and things. He would redo them every once in a while, and every year they'd go and 
repair them and put them back together and put it up at the state fair. And and sew the clothes. Right, right. Yeah, that's a that's a big outfit. You know, you write children's books, but do you ever take real life people uh, that you meet and characters and incorporate them into your stories, or how do you well, get inspired for your children's? Well, I do have. You know, uh, every every author has uh, a bunch of books that they have sort of waiting to be published. And so I have a number of, of uh, books about uh, people that uh, I think would, would make good children's books. Some of them, some, some version of them, are either in my book called Texas Ingenuity, and there's another book that I wrote some years ago called A Daily Dose of the American Dream. And all of, all of these books have little short biographies of, of people who did something interesting. Uh, and so, for, for instance, uh, most people don't know who Ovita Hobby is, you recognize the name Hobby, but she was the wife of Governor Hobby. But the the thing about her is she was she was a real organizer. She was a smart lady. Uh, she uh, worked uh, with the uh, the uh, uh, Texas legislature on a bunch of things. And when World War II rolled around, and they needed somebody to begin the wax, which is you know, the Women's Air Corps, mm-hmm. they chose her. And so she was the one who uh, who put it all together and. Uh, you know, there was just, uh, one one member of uh, after the war, she was uh, she was a member of uh, President Eisenhower's cabinet. One of the cabinet members called her the best man on the cabinet. So she was she was really a, a go getter and uh, just I think a firebrand kind of uh, leader uh, that a lot of people don't know about. So uh, one of my one of my books that I'm hoping to to get out there at some point it would be her biography. Oh, that would be super. And especially with all the women stuff, women stuff right now, you would you would definitely catch the catch the female audience. Um what is one of the most memorable and it's whether you were while you were writing or when you were out uh reading one of your stories, what would be one of the most memorable events that you'd like to share with us? Well, I had a number of uh, – when I was putting these uh, stories together, I was able to meet with a bunch of people, interesting people. And, again, so I'm going to talk about a person that, that you may not know his name, but, but his name is Bob Banner. And he was a Texas guy. I grew up in Ennis, Texas. And he was um, – pe- people called him Mr. Television because he was at the beginning of television. It's not that he was on camera, but he was a producer, and he produced things – like uh, Showtime at the Apollo and the Carol Burnett Show and the Gary Moore Show, people who who've been around for a while will recognize those names. Mm-hmm. Won mm-hmm. won a number of Emmys and uh, and uh, one of the one of the shows that he was the producer of that that maybe most people would remember is Candid Camera. And so I met with him uh, at a Starbucks here in Dallas and and you know just talking about uh, some of his ad- adventures and stuff and he told funny stories about candid camera funny funnier than what was on the whatever made the screen and uh, so that was it was just a pleasure he was just such a nice uh gentle man who uh who was smart as a whip and knew everything there was about television and and obviously was in the industry for 60 years doing amazing amazing things so that's a tech, that's another another one of those texans who who made who made a difference in the world and you we may not know his name yeah, well, and if you met him at Starbucks, it must have been recently. 
It's it was, right, it was all. Been. It was about fifteen years ago, right? Yeah. Okay. Because they have that hadn't been around. There was some Starbucks around then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely were. Well, if you were going to give advice to a, someone who wanted to get into writing, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, uh, you know, it, it sort of depends on on what kind of book you're writing. I'll I'll mention a little bit about children's book writing because I know we've talked about children's books. And so uh, let me, and, and you know, authors who've had things published get, get this question a lot. So let me just talk a little bit about children's books because it's similar with, with other books as well. But if you're a children's book writer or any other kind of writer, there's, t- there's typically a professional organization that you need to look, look for. And in children's book writing, it's called the Society of Children's Books, Book Writers and Illustrators, or some people call it SCBWI and you can look up scbwi.org and it has thousands of members all over the world and it is the it is the uh really the uh the instigator of much of what goes on in the in the in the children's book world so if you're going to write a children's book uh you know you need to you need to be in that professional organization or or any other book there is a romance writers of america that would be one there's a mystery writers of america so there's there's organizations like that, and what, what I will say about writing what I will say about writing a book is it's it's like learning how to uh, play an instrument. You don't just go out there and and learn, you know, in six weeks or something like that and write yourself a novel or a children's book. Uh, talking to children's books writer, it can it can easily take ten years of of um, learning the craft. And really honing your product before you can get published. It's 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 not as easy as, as people may think. Exactly. Yeah, I totally 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 agree with you on that. Well, we're getting ready to wrap this up, so would you mind telling us where they can get your books? Yes, I have a website. It's uh Alanelliot dot com and that's spelled A L A N E L L I O T T dot com. And Alan, there's one L, and Elliot, there's two L's and two T's. So alanelliot.com. Uh, we'll take them right to my website, and it's mostly about my children's books. But you can click on books, and it'll show you uh, other books and the movie as well that uh, that I've written, and also the music, the Legend of Big Tex. The Legend. Now, is that the only song in? in uh, that's the only song I have. I have uh, recorded. I've written some other songs. Uh, but that's the only one recorded right now. That's the only one recorded. Well, Alan, it has been a pleasure talking with you and learning a little more about your craft and how you got started and and your books. I wish you all the luck in the world. And this, again, this is Charlotte Canyon. I've been your host. And I want to share one little thought with you. A rose is like a book. You can't know its beauty until you look at it. And a book is like a rose. You won't know its full beauty until you open it. This is Charlotte. Have a nice day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Dear Texas Radio, where we encourage everyone to drop everything and read a great book by a Texas author. More information about this show or any of our shows from the past years can be found at radio.deartexas.info. That's radio.deartexas.info. I'm Randy James, your announcer for Dear Texas Radio.